Hey friends, this is Rob and welcome to question number 75 is photography binary. It's my conversation with a friend of mine, Lucas Boats, who happens to be a killer, seriously amazing photographer. He's a professional. We talk about, by the way, what, is, what does it mean to be a professional photographer? We talk about that in this episode, but here's the deal, man. Photography is so freaking ingrained into our everyday lives. Uh, over the past 20 years, as technology has advanced, I mean, it used to be where you had to be really curious and interested about the art of photography, cameras, film developing. Only those that had a deep interest in photography and cameras were the ones taking photos. Nowadays, because of technology, Every single one of us has this really amazing camera in our pockets at all times. And because of that, I've actually been thinking about photography a lot, specifically the art side of photography and the ethics side of photography. And I'm going to dive into that in a second. Uh, but this conversation with Lucas uh, really started from just the art side. I wanted to talk about him diving into nerding out about film photography over the past year. Uh, as a professional photographer that's been mainly digital, what is is it about film uh, that made him want to go that direction? But I, I don't know why I'm surprised by this at, at this point doing this podcast. Uh, very rarely does the conversation stick with my intentions or even fit into my intentions of where the, the conversation is going to go in the first place at all. Just like so many others, this conversation went so much deeper than I planned on. And I think for black and brown people, that is their biggest weapon, you know, to be capturing these stories that are happening to them. I mean, it's just, um, but I also think like what we were talking about just earlier, people, it's a powerful tool for truth and justice, but it can be also used for profit in like, or, or you're, you know, profiting off of other people's pain and for your own benefit. And I think all of us, especially, especially as white people, need to go, why am I taking this photo? Why am I sharing this photo right now? You know, is it to bolster me, make me look like a hero or look like I am, you know, I, I, I think we just need to ask that question. I don't think it's right or wrong to post something. I, I think it is better to post something that is going to spur something, someone on to change or spur change. Yeah. Um, but we still need to go. Why am I? Why am I here? Why am I photographing this? Because then it's we're white people profiting off of black people's pain again. You know that how twist is that to think that we're again, dude? Like we think uh, we're changing, but we're actually profiting off of other people's pain still. Um, oh my gosh, that's so heavy. Yes, and so yeah, it, those are the things when you were saying you got angry, yeah, or got frustrated. It's like we have no control over like, and we don't know the heart of the, or the intention of the yeah. person that are taking these photos. And I just, I'm like, gosh, I hope it's, I just hope that they're doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. And, um, and, and sharing these stories and these photos to help in help, uh, bring justice. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, but yeah, it, when you're doing selfies and smiling and things like that, that's, to me, it's kind of like, really, we don't, this is like a respect place. Yeah. You know, uh, a powerful moment that we just need to enter into, especially if you are white. Yeah. And, and be respectful and, and not go in as a tourist. 
Where do you live? In the city. Do you have a house? Apartment. On a rent? Rent. What do you do for a living? Lots of things. Where's your office? Don't have one. How come? It's a long story. Do you have kids? No, I don't. How come? What's your record for consecutive questions asked? 38. <laughs> Hey, for those of you joining us for the first time, my name is Rob Morgan, and for the past decade, I've been traveling the world as a bassist and music director, and this is my podcast, where I sit down over drinks on location with intriguing people I've met to try and get past what it is they do, to find out who they are, why they do it, and what I can learn from them. I'm typically joined by my wife, Sarah, but today I'm just recording an intro so we can dive right into the conversation, but before we do, if really, if this is your first time checking out the podcast, a couple things. First of all, uh, I'm my goal for this podcast is to make it as interactive as possible for you to join in on the conversation and follow your own curiosity. And that's done in a couple different ways. Number one, we have a podcast hotline. The number to that is in the show notes below. And it's, I mean, it's just a glorified voicemail where you can call in, leave me a message, tell me your name, where you're listening from, and any thoughts you have. If you have a, uh, if you have a recommendation for a future uh, topic to talk about on the podcast, if you have a question for this guest or future guest or just thoughts you want to share with me, and who, you never know, your message may make it on a future episode of this podcast. Hey, the other way uh, that we're doing this is the website, thecuriouspod.com. If you head over there, there is show notes for this guest and all others. There's also an interactive map where you can see where this episode and all the others have been recorded all over the world. Uh, I don't know if you have you've heard this, if you've been checking out the daily episodes of this podcast, but every day for a year, I'm drinking a pint of Guinness every day and I'm recording daily episodes for the podcast. Uh, it's day 16 right now and I've drank, I'm looking at my, I've got a counter on my phone how many Guinness I've drank. I've drank 18 Guinness so far. 16 days in, that's not bad. What else was I going to say? Oh yeah, um, I also want to say a massive thank you to Dunord Distillery, who is sponsoring the sanitization of this podcast. That's, it sounds so goofy to say that someone is um, sponsoring the sanitization of this podcast. But as you know, if you're listening to this in real time, uh, we're right in the middle of the COVID pandemic. And this is like the weirdest time because we're like in this weird open state where we're not in full, full quarantine right now, at least in Minneapolis. Um I was just on a Zoom call with my friends Jorge and Janelle who live in Chile, and they're in like full lockdown. Uh, Santiago gives you like, I think they have five passes every week that they're allowed to step out of their house because uh, you can get pulled over and you have to show that you registered this ticket and say, say that you only are leaving the house five times that week. It's crazy. This is bonkers. I never thought I'd live through something like this, but at least in Minneapolis, we're not in full quarantine, but we are doing the social distancing thing. But the main thing is, as I'm sitting down with guests right now for the podcast, I want to be as smart and as intentional as and safe and responsible as possible. Uh, and um, one massive way that's happening is thanks to Dunord Distillery, who, like so many other distilleries, has been producing a sanitizer. Uh, by the way, side note, that would be a really interesting episode 
Like I, I had no idea. Like people producing vodka and whiskey and rum are now uh, just using the same process with a few things tweaked to make hand sanitizer. It's crazy. Uh, but they're sponsoring the sanitization of this podcast, and I'm using their product uh, to clean all the recording devices and the microphones between every conversation. So thank you to Do Nord Distillery. A link to them is in the show notes of this episode. Uh, also, hey, if you want to check out, uh, if you want to learn more about Lucas Boats and his photography, see more of the stuff he's shot, and if you're interested in working with him, uh, I'm going to put a link to his website in the show notes, but you can visit him online at lucasboats.com. That's L-U-C-A-S-B-O-T-Z.com, uh, and I'm going to put a link to all his uh, social media in the show notes of this. Here's the deal. I I initially reached out to Lucas to record this conversation to talk specifically about film photography. Lucas is an amazing professional photographer, and he's been diving into the world of film photography over the past year, developing film at home, and I've been doing that too, so I wanted to sit down and talk with him about his process, what got him started, this artistic side of photography. That was the initial purpose of this, but there's... There's another thing that's been really on my mind lately when it comes to photography, and it's this ethics side of it. And that's kind of tied into the title of this podcast is Photography Binary. And I've been thinking a lot lately about this question of when is it right or wrong to be taking photos in sensitive situations in public? And by that, I mean this. If you've been following along with the podcast, you know that my wife Sarah and I live a block away from where George Floyd was murdered. And now I've had this really unique uh, opportunity to watch this corner that's turned into a memorial evolved. Um, and it's it's turned into, what's turned into is this memorial, this place, this location on earth where people can show up and be introspective and thoughtful and mindful and think and talk about uh, topics that we have been dealing with in America, racism, inequality. And you know, Ever since this happened, and I've been watching uh, this, I've been watching this intersection evolve. Almost immediately, just I've I had so many thoughts when it comes to uh, photography in situation sensitive situations like this. And by that, I mean the energy of this place ebbs and flows throughout the day. Sometimes you'll go there, and it will be somber, and it will be respectful, and just introspective, and people thinking and quietly walking around. Typically, that's in the mornings. And then, you know, it'll flow. They built a stage out there for a while, and they were having rallies, and they'd have a speaker, and people were doing chants. And it's cool how it all, like, the energy flows and evolves, and it changes. And that's why, like, this whole the whole intersection feels like it's this living thing to me. But what I started noticing is so many freaking people would show up and just be recording things with their cell phones all the time in ways that I felt was kind of disrespectful and almost just a using of the situation. People would show up and they're taking photos and like selfies of themselves in front of these murals or maybe they're handing uh, the camera to their friends and they're going and they're like posing or some people are like, you know, the Instagram influencers are showing up and they're just, they're showing up like all glammed up and uh, to get and having like someone take a photo, like for photo ops, so, you know, here I am at the memorial taking these photos and it felt really distasteful to me. And that's why where this thought of binary came from. Is it binary, is it is taking a photo right or wrong in a situation or are we, do we live live on like a scale that ebbs and flows or do we live on a spectrum of it so 
my conversation with Lucas actually dives into that. Uh, we talk about what makes someone a professional photographer. Uh, what about in a creative, artistic career? Uh, why is embracing our mistakes in the past so important to our evolution and getting better in our craft? We talk about film versus digital and why he's been nerding out with film. We talk about um, in the inappropriateness or the maybe appropriateness of, of uh, social media and taking selfies during uh, sensitive situations like the protests and memorials? Uh, what's the difference between a professional and an amateur photographer? Is there a way we can take photos uh, that doesn't take us out of the moment but keeps us in the moment? Can we? T- I talk about that all the time, finding ways to still embrace taking photos of situations while not letting it take you out of the moment. We talk about how now in this day and age, a lot of times making art, uh, we do it with the idea of sharing it with other people and how sometimes maybe as Lucas says, you need to have art that you're doing just for yourself. Maybe that you're not going to share with other people. So here's my conversation with Lucas where we happen to dive into all of this. It's my conversation with Lucas Boats, professional photographer over Americanos, the, the ultimate coffee drink, by the way, at five watt coffee in South Minneapolis. I'm trying to balance prep and openness in the moment. So my whole idea with this podcast and the whole project as it still moves forward is trying to define how can this help me define what it means to live a curious life and just exist in a state of listening and being in the moment, uh, embracing Mm -hmm. our inner Bill Murray almost and just like going with the flow in it. But at the same time, you have to balance that if you're as a professional in any field, you have to balance being in the moment, open to changes and listening with pre preparation. Yep. And I, my biggest problem in music uh, as a bass player always was I would show up to say at a session and I was, uh, they gave demos beforehand. I would sit down and I'd listen to them a ton and I would come up with bass lines that I thought were amazing. So I would show up at a studio and say, Oh, okay, we're going to start tracking this song. Here's my bass line idea. And all of a sudden the drummer starts playing something completely different and the artist had a different direction in their mind. And here I am, I'm holding this one idea super tight in my Mm -hmm. fist. And that led to a lot of professional pain for me because then I'm trying to pry. I just have to spend all this emotional energy in the moment, letting go of my idea and being fine and open, going down a different direction. Where instead now I've learned, I'm, I'm trying to still find that balance of showing up to a session with maybe 10 ideas, yeah. but holding them way looser in yeah. my hand. And I'm wondering if that's wh- how you find balance as a photographer specifically. I'm assuming specifically this is in portrait sessions sure. with someone. How, what is your pre, uh, visualization of a situation look like or research with someone look like? Yeah. And how much do you value being in the moment and f- going with the flow? And what does that look like for you? Yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, I can tell you my process right now, but I think even the history of the process is really valuable in that, like, when I first started, um, I would find people that I looked up to and literally try to recreate that photo with the client that I had. I didn't research the client. I just kind of was like, I like this photo. How can I recreate it? What, you know, what lens did they use? Was the sun behind them? You know, was, was there, like you know, how did we crop this or was there motion blur? Like yeah. things like that was always 
that's kind of the process that I started with was just kind of copying others. And then I went with... Have you, by the way, to interrupt, uh, have you ever heard of a book called Steal Like an Artist by Austin Kleon? It sounds familiar. It is one of my all-time favorite like books for cre- anybody creating anything. And it just talks about the yeah. importance of finding something you love and not trying to just completely cop their style, but learning for, from it, trying to recreate that photo or recreate that sound. And that's yeah. how you grow... Because yeah. your influences, you start pulling from different photographers, totally. and now you are an amalgam of things that never existed before. Absolutely. Anyways, no, and that's—I mean—that's part of my history is those, you know, stealing from those photographers. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, kind of going into sessions with all that information of what those photographers did, and using that info to like run the session. So I wasn't doing as much like research yeah. on who or what photographers were doing. I was kind of just doing it off of memory or yeah. And then I started to develop my own style. And so those were like more free flowing. But then when I started to develop my own style, then I started to research the client. So kind of like uh, the last 10 years, 12 years, it's been like, first it was researching what other photographers are doing. Now I research more what the subject does and what they like and what they hope to have, you know? And I feel like that's, the process has changed and I do like you said you have to go in holding it very loosely even if I have an idea I've thrown ideas out the window yes and sometimes I grudgingly because I'm a people pleaser and I want the client to be happy there's sometimes where I'm like okay this is not the right direction for you yeah but I can tell the pushback or I can feel it that they're yes. really hung up on an idea or something they want yeah um, and then we go with it and it, like, it, like I said, as long as they're happy, yeah. um, that's the goal, you know, and, and I always still try to inject maybe something that I had an idea in. Yeah. Something I learned maybe early on, I think it was Chase Jarvis who would always, he's like, get what the client wants and then do what you want, you know, try to get, get what they want, get that out of the way mm-hmm. and then have fun and do what you, your goal, your what you're yes. passionate about. Oh, that's so good. You know, because yes. we got to get paid. We want to do a good job for our clients. Yeah. Um, and then it's the stuff that hopefully that maybe takes you to the next level uh-huh. or gets you the next job or the thing that you're going to put on your website. Yeah. You know? Here's, here's something I've been interested about is that I'm fascinated with technology. It lowers the threshold of entrance for people to get into something. And I think that all across the board with different industries, it's becoming more and more common. Ph- photography, music, like we're talking about, is specifically that, where now you don't have, in order to record an album, you don't have to pay $20,000 to get into a professional studio with professional gear. If you have a laptop or even an iPad and yeah. GarageBand on it, you can record your first demo or something. Anybody with a laptop can record. Absolutely. And I think it's uh, the same as with photography. Now anybody with one, a new iPhone has a killer camera. I think it, it, the cheap direction to go would be talking about the negative side about that. Oh, man, it's just yeah. cheaping it. And I think that's true. And I, I have this part side of me that is constantly think, thinking about how it's just oversaturating the world of art. And it's just putting so much more out there that's just mediocre. But at the same time, I think my the way I've been thinking about it lately is almost celebrating that. Like your point of entry, it's easier to get into, but the threshold for finding your voice and having an artistic thing to say or your own style, that hasn't changed. Yep. 
And I feel like people don't, that's often overlooked because it's easy to take a really like technically cool, fine looking photo or something cool that's professional and sharp now, but finding your own voice and style and these, these things that you have to learn and cultivate to become a professional are still there. Yep. And so I'm wondering what are things that still haven't changed as a professional photographer that like take you to the next level that, the threshold of entry still takes time and work and intentionality. What is that for a photographer? Does well, that I, question make sense at all? Yeah, no. And I think to honestly, it's like experience, like, yeah, it, like going into a circumstance or a situation that the lighting is, is not optimal. Yeah. You know, and you have to make something out of essentially nothing. Yeah. You know, um, then, being a professional is so different. And, and, you know, I have friends that or have heard like, you know, because of someone's Instagram uh, feed, they're like, Oh, they must be a good photographer, but they don't have the experience to go into a situation and be able to like uh, capture, you know, I think you can have beautiful, every, like you said, we can all have beautiful photos because we have beautiful cameras. We have, if you take a thousand photos, one of them is going to be yeah. gorgeous. Yep, exactly. And I think, you know, it's like the 10,000 hours thing. You know, when you can put into practice what you've learned over and over and over again, yeah. you know, you really, you, you're, you're putting your process into the grinder. You're, you're making a lot of mistakes. Yeah. Um, and I think for any artist, uh, making mistakes can be the best thing for you. And so when you're making these mistakes, Holy crap, you're yes. learning um, an incredible amount. And so, you know, you're going to have a client that's going, hey, I want to do this. I want to shoot it here. And, you know, uh, everyone's going to be in that position, like, at some point. And so to be able to use all the, all, all that you've learned and try yeah. to make the best of the given you know oh, situation yes. yes does that make sense it, it totally makes sense and i learned okay there's there's a couple different directions i want to pick your brain on with what you just said one is the mistake side of it right i an example for me is i th i think you're totally right i wish people talked about embracing mistakes or even mm -hmm. see putting yourself in a position and of a safe environment to make mistakes uh so that you can learn from it. i'm even thinking about this podcast right I there are a few episodes that conversations I've recorded that were full long conversations, tons of emails, texts going back and forth to set it up, a lot of intentionality, and it ended up the conversation was just went nowhere. It just was not a good conversation, uh, and I've had that no one will ever hear those. I have just for multiple different reasons. I've had conversations where it felt like it was work. Mm -hmm. I uh, was trying. There wasn't a, the, the natural flow. You know when you're having a conversation yep. with a friend, it just feels like time flies and you're mm -hmm. just in it? It wasn't that. You're like trying having to pull things out of a person for whatever reason. And I've also had conversations where it is the opposite, where you just, it flows. It's I leave so energized, which is a lot of these. But I don't typically learn anything about myself or the art of conversation with the ones that went smooth and easy. It's always the ones That's I cool. walk away going, I'm like maybe putting me right on the verge to thinking, man, maybe I should be done with this whole podcast thing. Maybe I like it pushes you right to the edge. 
to think, should I be doing this? And you, it's only by looking back at it where I go, oh, no, this, this is making me a better conversationalist. Yeah. This is making me better at things. I'm learning from it. And it sounds like the same with photography. Man, it kicks out a lot of people of the industry. Yeah. You know, as soon as you hit, uh, you're, you can, you know, I'm looking at my oldest daughter. She's 13 and she's starting to take more photos. Yeah. And like, she did a set of photos that were just so beautiful and wonderful. And she's getting a lot of compliments on it. And I'm in a, in a guarded way. I'm like, oh, at some point she's going to take some photos and it's not going to be great. And I'm curious how she's going to react to that. Mm. You know, we're like, how is she going to, how is she going to uh, respond? Because there, you can respond be like, and I've beaten myself up before. And I, I have gone, man, I shouldn't be a photographer. Man, I can't believe I got paid to do that. You can know? you think of a specific, like, if you're comfortable sharing, or you can be as vague as you want, or not, we can even pass this, but can you, is there a, ever a specific shoot where you left it, or you left the whole situation where you felt that you questioned everything? Like, it took you to the, the furthest to the line, uh, before quitting, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. I've I've got a ton of those. Yeah, I can't think of the 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 actual shoot itself or the person, but I I, I can feel it. I I, I okay. have this sense of like uh, overwhelming sense of like failure. Like there's okay. so many circumstances that can make a shoot go poorly. Yeah, you know, like, I mean, it could be it could be the person is just very closed. Yeah, um, or you're just not. You're just not connecting. Um, I mean, it could be lighting, you know, like where you're just, you're in an unfamiliar situation where you're just like, gosh, I'm just not, what's going on here? You know, like maybe there are people that hate straight sun and I like straight sun a little bit. I like the harsh lines. So they love, you know, shadows and clouds and, yes. and so you can get, there's just things. And then you sit in your car after the shoot and you're like, you know, you know, you're yeah. like, and, and, and I do think I usually now I'll have, so we stop, like if I'm walking with somebody and we're, we're outside and we're getting photos, I'll have a spot where it's like, Ooh, this is a great, this is a great spot. And I yeah. usually try to go to a spot where I know the first shot's going to be yeah. success. Like, and sometimes it's like, we could end this session right now. Yeah. I've shot for five minutes yeah. and we got an amazing shot. Yeah. Um, but if that first shot though is bad, or like the lighting wasn't right or like just everything confidence level just kind of just dies. Oh my gosh. You know, and then yes. you're not setting yourself up to be successful in that yeah. moment, but you do have to get out of it because it, it's not over yet. You know what I mean? Uh, As a photographer, yes. you kind of have to be like, or an artist, let's say you screw up and you, you mess up on something. Yes. You still have the rest of the set or whatever yes. that you can you know, pull yourself out of that. You Do you know? feel like your, your response to the situation impacts the, you, the person you're taking a photo of? Like, do you feel like you have more power? Uh, how you respond to that impacts how they respond to it at all? Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed that within myself. Yeah. When I specifically, like if I say, a dumb, I've, I say so many crappy questions or stumble over yeah. my word, but I've noticed like, if I just am like, if I exude, yeah, that's part of it. Like the confidence and like, that's fine. Well, let's yeah. move on. Then the other person I'm hanging with doesn't feel like, if I'm anxious and I'm getting worked up, 
Yeah. It sets the whole tone. It's weird. And sometimes when, when there's this good mesh, you know, oh, where you're yes. like with the client, I'll even be like, maybe go too far and be like, oh, that's a horrible shot. <laughs> and then I, then I go back. It's not you. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, I, it, me, I, my setup, my whatever, like this lighting is not good, but, yes. I, but, and then we laugh about totally. it. Usually at that point, it's like, yes. you're meshing with the client and it's just like, yep, let's move on. Or like, let's switch even the direction here. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I think sometimes there's this barrier of perfection that we're trying to always display. And even when, I, I even love showing photos to the client. I know some photographers never do this, where they will, won't show photos to the client right then and there. Oh, really? And I love to do it. I love to, because I want their feedback. Because if I'm not hitting something they like yeah. or, or whatever, I want to know right away. Because I don't want to shoot anymore if I'm like, you know, because I'm like, is there anything, is your hair good? Like, what are you, how are you feeling about, um, I love this lighting. What do you think, you know? Yes. Um, I love that feedback right away because we, that makes me think that you're pulling them in uh, into the creative, yeah, the creativity of making yep. something, making a, a photo. Yep. And I think if it's a good shot, your client has bought in and is confident, mm, yeah. you know, their, their confidence level just went up. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, when you do get people that feel like they're awkward, it's a boost in confidence to be like, Whoa, dang. Hey, I yeah. look good. You know, I, this was great. Perfect. Whatever. And then they, oh, they'll do more for me as a, like, they'll trust me, I should say. Oh, that's interesting. So do you feel like there, are there been moments where you've taken a photo of someone and you can sense they're maybe uptight or they're putting on like a, a front of something and then you show them a photo and it relaxes them. Like they feel more confident. Yeah. Sometimes it. you don't show the photo of somebody that's uptight. Yeah. Okay. Because... Yeah. You know, it's just like you got to work with them a while. You yeah. kind of got to break it down yeah. a little bit before you can, because you haven't gotten them comfortable. Yeah. I mean, it can go every, every, and this is where experience is just like you, you the more people you photograph, the more you, you, you realize like maybe what kind of person or how they might react or what. Yeah, you know, like there's some psychology going on. Yeah, we're playing like it is all mind games. Serious it's all game. psychology. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay, I I want to I want to get nerdy about your film gear and the process. Yeah. But I I one of the, as I was driving over here and I was thinking about uh, you and the photos I've seen of that you've been taking over the past couple of weeks with the protests. Like you've been taking a film camera out and yeah. doing some street photography with it. Um. What interests me, there's a physical action with uh, photography that I think has been lost now that people shoot digitally. And the action is this. Back, you holding a camera to your eye and not taking a picture and putting it down. Like with digital photography, very rarely anymore do we pull up a camera to our eye and not take a picture. When you take a photo with film, it costs you something, both mm -hmm. financially and you're limited to how many uh, frames you have in a roll. Have you, have you experienced that action of holding a camera up to your eye, but then saying, no, I'm not going to take a photo? Absolutely. Let's say you have 36 okay, yeah. shots. Yeah. I'm kind of like, you know, and if I'm at a protest, was at a protest or whatever, I kind of want a variety. Mm. So I'm like, I'm like in my 36 frames of, let's say that's the only role I have. 
what story am I telling? And am I capturing everything? Yeah. Then I'm like, you know, how many do you need of like a group of people holding signs? You know, what looking for the like the the main story and then the sub story. Okay. Then let me I'm interrupting you because you just nope. triggered something crazy with me. Don't worry the about thought it. that I haven't been taking photos uh, uh, with the the protests that I've been going to. Uh, we my, Sarah and I live two blocks away, a block mm-hmm. and a half from where the, the George Floyd killing happened mm-hmm. on that intersection. So we've been we've literally been living in the middle of it ever since it happened. Um, and I but I I feel like it's easy right now when you look at something like say a protest which are thousands of people thousands of micro stories like you just said going on at the same time it's easy to take a big wide shot and just see the entire thing as one story Mm -hmm. and i'm wondering if shooting with film has changed the way have you has it changed the way you've seen micro stories within a one big event yeah that at all yeah i mean with digital you really can just I mean, you can just shoot like crazy, yes. you know? And so take a thousand shots. You can one. You'd, yeah. I you mean, know. and then there's this, yeah, just really intentional look at like, what do I want to photograph? Yeah. You know what, what here in this shot. And, and sometimes it's just like, what is moving me right now? Yeah. And obviously when you're at these like high impact energy, high energy, uh, movements or, or uh, protests or, uh, prayer services or I mean there's so much emotion and so much going I mean it's pretty easy you don't have to look very hard yeah you know to see something that at least moves me as a person yeah um and because everything it's like it's it's emotional low-hanging fruit as a photographer because where you want to capture story you point your camera anywhere and there's stories happening stories and I mean you look at I mean that's why the news went crazy for the last couple weeks just like because there are the, it's so emotional. Okay, here's a, here's an interesting juxtaposition. Is that it's the difference between what you were saying earlier. The difference between a pro and an amateur is, an, an amateur is going to stumble on a great photo, like an emotional photo. But a, a pro is how can you pull emotion out of someone? How can you be in a situation that's not perfect lighting? Right. How can you be in a situation and find the hidden story that's not necessarily the obvious easy thing to capture? Yep. And I feel like with the photos of everything going on and this very heightened emotional and uh, tons of energy and meaningful movements and action that's happening 24 seven, you can take a picture of any of it and it's going to be emotional because it's all so meaningful. Uh, But it's the looking within it. Like how do you decide uh, what are you looking for? Yeah, no, I think that's a great question. You know, what, because I've shown up with a film camera, there's part of me that's like, gosh, I wish I would have brought my digital because then yeah. I could just shoot away. And yeah. there's great images. But I, I purposely just wanted to slow down and really, and be a participant, you know, in these, uh, these moments that I, I think are really important. Yeah. You know, A, as a city, as a country, uh, as a world, like as the world, like we... Um, and I, I think for, for me, film slows me down. It makes me more aware of my surroundings. Where digital, I kind of get into work mode. Okay. And I just can like lose, I can tune out the world a little bit. Yeah. And I, I am looking for the emotion and the different things, but I, and maybe that's just the work piece, you know, yeah. like I, I feel like 
I could do, uh, I could probably get better. Oh, I know I could get better shots with yeah. my digital. I yeah. know I can get um, more shots, uh, like better quality. Even the lenses are more better. D- yes. Like all that is better. Yeah. Um, 100%. But for me, that's not what it's about. You know, in that moment for me, it's, it's slowing down and being a part of something. And then when, when I take a photo for me, it's like, what is moving me right now? Cause I want, I want to feel that when I develop this, I want to feel that years from now. And I want to like, you know, if, if it's on my wall, I want to think about it every time I pass it, you yeah. know? Um, and then hopefully it even like when someone comes in my house, they can see it and feel those things, or I can share the story behind it. You know, you know, I got photos of my kids holding signs, you know, down by cup foods yeah. and, um, and they all had different signs that meant something to them. And um, I, I captured a lot of people's signs, but my kids' signs were like, those were like, man, my kids really care about this, you know? And so that emotionally, even right now, I just felt a little tinge, like like my eyes just got a little watery because I'm thinking about their little hearts and what they want for their world, from yes. their world. And... Um, the one of the signs that my youngest two three years old she didn't make the sign but she was holding it up and said my sister's beautiful we have a black daughter that we adopted and that was a very personal thing that one of my kids i don't know who which one made it but it's Mm. just make and the the three-year-old's got a big smile and holding the sign she doesn't even know what it says yeah but to me it's just like ah it just hits me yeah. You know, because I know all of my kids, uh, my white kids are, think our black child is beautiful and they, they believe it with every ounce of them and they love her like they love each other. Yeah. There's no difference. And so that to me moves me every time I look at it. And I haven't even shared this photo on Instagram or anywhere because for whatever reason, there's some photos where I'm like, this is for me. Mm. You know? Yeah. And I think we've lost that a little bit as a culture. Everything's for everyone else. You know? And, and like, what's, what's, it's almost like, and maybe I will share it at some point. Yeah. You know? And I, th- but it's like, sometimes when we share something, it's kind of like, it's done. You share it and it's done. Like, you kind of like, you moved on. Yeah. And I don't want, like there's certain shots where I'm like, I'm not, I don't want to move on. Like I, I want to hold on to this. Mm. And I just, I don't know why. And maybe like there's this romantic piece. <laughs> yeah. There's I just think something. that is so beautiful, dude. I, okay. Yeah. Because especially there's so many different aspects of what you're saying to me that I think one is your photographer Social media, Insta- this world of sharing is now such an ingrained thing where it is, it's almost, I feel like, flipped creating on its head. Now, instead of in the past where you start, you created something and now you want to share that with the world, I feel like so often we are, we are wanting to share something with the world so we go create something mm-hmm. so that we can share it with the world. Does yeah. that make sense at yeah. all? So, and even the most pure of intentions that I could be in, I find myself in those moments. I find myself 
in a situation, whether it's take a picture of something or record whatever it is, I find myself thinking about the sharing side of it while I'm in the moment of creating. Mm -hmm. I have to remind myself that that's not what this is for. Like that is for there's like, can this connect me with it? Like photography, right? I'm obsessed with this thought that, uh, there's there's kind of like this belief that so many of us hold that taking a photo of something takes you out of a moment. But I'm wondering like can can there be a way of taking a photo of something that at least at the very least keeps you in the moment and connects you with the moment more. Yeah. Uh, and it sounds like that like the photo fo- the photo that's so personal to you with your kids. Yeah. Just like connects you with you're in that moment more, and you know, it's yeah. not taking you out of it. And now you're not instead of thinking about this emotion and what you're seeing in front of you, and that connection and what this means to your kids, and what that means now that they're looking at race and identity and relationships uh, throughout the whole lens of everything that's going on right now. Having like the cool camera and stuff could be like, then all of a sudden it just even in a micro way takes you out of the moment. Now you're thinking of photography, mm-hmm. and so it's cool that you stay. Like you have that and the things are personal to you. And we've been, we're so conditioned to like, we're conditioned to share. Yeah. And we feel like we have to share. Yeah. Like, and some people feel like they need to share their meals, you know, like not as much anymore. I mean, (laughs) I really don't see people's meals as much with, thank goodness. Cause I would not be on Instagram. Um, just, but like, you know, and every once in a while I'm like, Oh, I love that someone, you know, made bread and took a picture. Cause it's like fun to like fun to see that what they're up to. Yes. I like that. Um, but it's like, uh, man, like we don't, yeah. The purpose of taking a photo shouldn't be to share it. I think it should be first to, to let it like for you, like as a, you know, take the photo for you. Yeah internalize it take it let it speak to you this is just my personal belief yeah i mean i love it no. i think so many people could agree with uh, disagree with this um but i i want it to speak to me and obviously if it's at a job like it's very different um but like for me personally i want to i want it to speak to me i want to internalize i want to take it and then you know if i want to i'll share it yeah but yeah i i kind of disagree with um uh, sharing everything we do i don't you know like or or if it's if it's a great shot doesn't mean you have to share it totally um it could help your business yeah could get you more likes but yeah like we're on this okay we were we were down at cup i've seen the spectrum of it because so i try to uh, once a day I'll, I'll make a pass down there and see kind of, cause I want, I'm so interested in the, you have this, this block and it is, it is a living th- entity now and it changes and it morphs and there's a feel, there's a different feeling if you go to cup foods in the memorial, uh, at 9am than if you go at 9pm. That's a, you're experiencing two different things. I'm so fascinated with experiencing that. And one of the things that just last Friday, I just left so pissed because I saw so I'm there's I saw so many people down there uh, who were just like taking selfies with the murals and it's not that I have a problem you're and maybe talking out loud with you it will help me work through what I think about it is that it's not that I have a problem with people taking photos of it and because you are when you're in the moment are you I 
took a bunch of photos too. I want to capture and remember this and see, I'm curious if I can like capture the emotion mm-hmm. of this. But now we all are our own little news agency and we feel like we have to broadcast it. And even I would made the mistake. I would did a couple Instagram lives where I'm like, hey, I have a lot of friends that can't get to Minneapolis. I want to share what this looks like. So I went down and I was like an Instagram live. I and I like, loved those. Yes. Yeah. But the same, so, but then I stopped because I was like, okay, I put a couple of those up. I don't, there's this thought of going to a situation and just subconsciously maybe even thinking about what you can take from it. I'm here in this moment, something happened, something important's happening. What can, how can this serve me? How can this serve my social media profile or my art or whatever? Yep. Um, Maybe I'm just salty and curmudgeon I think you're absolutely right, though. I think we're, there are definitely things that I saw that I was like, ah, man, I feel like people are profiting off of other people's pain or, um, and not even like money-wise, but just like using it to get, get views or likes. And, you know, we all have to, the photo, I think cameras and, uh, you have video cameras. I mean, the iPhone or, you know, yeah. being able to take a video and a photo is one of the most powerful tools for justice. Yes. That uh, there is. I mean, the fact that half the time it boggles my mind to think about how many injustices have happened that were not recorded. And, um, and, and, and you know, there's countless injustices that have been recorded and they still take forever. I love where you're going with this because it's, it's like, I think it's so important to acknowledge th- both sides. There yeah. are a lot of different aspects to it. Yep. Well, I mean, even the situation, right? Like it wouldn't have, uh, it wouldn't have had the, re- the impact results. I don't know the word I'm looking for it, but it wouldn't have had the end response if it weren't for, thankfully, someone was there and had nonstop video footage yep. that said, this is undeniable. Yep. And we have another security camera that shows the whole thing. So there is no question yep. at all, thankfully, because we all have this technology and this instinct to pull out a camera right away. Yep. The positive of that is the entire world sees undeniable yeah. truth as it happened. And I think for black and brown people, that is their biggest weapon, you know, to be capturing these stories that are happening to them. I mean, it's just, um, but I also think like what we were talking about just earlier, people, it's a powerful tool for truth and justice, but it can be also used for profit in like, or, or you're, you know, profiting off of other people's pain and for your own benefit. And I think all of us, especially, especially as white people need to go, why am I taking this photo? Why am I sharing this photo right now? You know, is it to bolster me, make me look like a hero or look like I am you know, I, I, I think we just need to ask that question. I don't think it's right or wrong to post something. I, I think it is better to post something that is going to spur something, someone on to change or spur change. Yeah. Uh, but we still need to go, why am, I, why am I here? Why am I photographing this? Because then it's we're white people profiting off of black people's pain again. You know, that how twisted is that to think that we're 
again, dude. Like, we think oh. we're changing, but we're actually profiting off of other people's pain still. Um, oh my gosh, that's so heavy. Yes. And so, yeah, it, those are the things when you were saying you got angry, yeah, or got frustrated. It's like we have no control over like, and we don't know the heart of the, or the intention of the yeah. person that are taking these photos. And I just, I'm like, gosh, I hope it's, I just hope that they're doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. And, um, and, and sharing these stories and these photos to help in help, uh, bring justice. Yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, but yeah, it, when you're doing selfies and smiling and things like that, that's, to me, it's kind of like, really, we don't, this is like a respect place. Yeah. You know, uh, a powerful moment that we just need to enter into, especially if you are white. Yeah. And, and be respectful and, and not go in as a tourist. Yeah. Yeah. Like, take a photo, share it with friends. But if you're, I don't know, I, I just, you know, it, it's really like, yeah, we we can we can play into white privilege even when we thinking we're not yeah, doing man. it. Like yeah. the fact that we don't have to you could go in as a tourist. Yeah. That's white privilege. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh but this like if you if you know black people, you know uh they're in so much pain, you know, and it's a painful place to go and and see the names and to um and see the memorials and, uh, you know, the shirts of, am I next? You know, yeah, like dude. they're living it. And so, <sighs> dude, here's a thought that I have been, would be hesitant outside of a long form situation like this where I can explain myself. It's a tool for, it can be a tool for justice and holding people accountable in the situations. Or it also could be a tool for taking things yeah. from a situation. I don't, and I feel like the culture around, I have a, just a massive problem right now. I, I, I'm trying to find a word for what I think of it, but I think we live in a culture right now, especially with like YouTube and like pranking culture. This is an extreme version of what we're talking about, but I have a really, really, really hard time with the pranking videos where someone will go up to a stranger and do something to them, and then and then the person gets mad, and you have this horrible, and then they're like, "Oh, look, it's a camera. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm doing this YouTube. You are, t you are." You're saying to this person, your identity and everything only exists in this moment for my benefit and my YouTube channel or my Instagram yeah. channel or yeah. whatever, name it, whatever it yeah. is. Even yeah. like silly things. Like there's a video that was floating around. I don't know if you saw. There's someone, there's a photo of, at a beach in California and people are taking like the beach showers and someone would go over and put shampoo in people's hair. And, seen that. Yep. and it, it's a viral thing and people are getting like frustrated. Like where's the soap coming from? I'm trying to get clean. And it's so lighthearted and people laugh about it and they get a hug, whatever. And I have a really hard time with that video yeah. because it's this dude that is, you're taking advantage of people and you're saying your only role right now in the universe is I'm, your identity is now exist for my gain. Yep. And I think micro versions of that with photography happen all the time, oh whether it's selfies or totally. I yeah. Don't know. Yeah. I totally agree. And I do think, you know, we, have to think about what we're sharing, who we're sharing and why we're sharing it. Um, I think especially someone, this is maybe important someone was listening to this, that isn't necessarily a, a professional photographer, hasn't thought deeply about these things 
to say, hey, like, be conscious about like the reason why you're pulling out a camera, yeah, and like why, like, question the things within you. And I think that's part of this whole curiosity thing is to be interested enough of what it is within you that is making you want to pull out the yeah. camera right now, yep, and take a photo. And yeah, I had someone ask me, you know, if I like they were sharing their experiences and they asked me, what do you? If I'm saying something wrong, let me know. And I was like, you know what? You're sharing your experiences, and I think that's the most important piece. And we're going to mess up. Yeah. We're not going to say the right thing all the time. Yeah. You know, and people are going to, you know, but I think the most important thing that a lot of people have yet to learn is is to apologize right away. Own up. Like, just say, like, I, I screwed up. Yeah. Like, I... You know, um, and, uh, but, you know, to not say something to, because we're afraid to screw up is just as bad, Yeah. you know, and we didn't learn anything from it, you know? So, um, yeah, we just crippled for the rest of your life and into no movement because you're just so afraid. And that's like the weird thing too about this world of like sharing things. Yep. It can also be crippling too where you were all afraid to say, accidentally say the wrong thing and get canceled or whatever it is. You just put the, everything is so nuanced. Yeah. Yeah. I almost, I mean, maybe, maybe delete this later, but you know, when everyone was, cut cut this out, the, you remember when the black squares were going up on Instagram and everyone's like black squares. And then all of a sudden there was this movement, no black squares. Yes. And like, take off the hash, you know, and it's like, you know, we can try to do the best we can. Yeah. And it, sometimes it's just like, whoops, like we messed up, you know, like, and, and, uh, or like we post Dude, something. okay, I I think you should you should we should leave that in. And here's why, and you can let me know. I think the black squares is a brilliant uh, thought into this whole everything we're talking about because it is uh, it's just we 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 judge other pe- we judge ourselves by our intentions and everybody else by their actions, right? Yeah. So the black squares was an interesting thing because all these people were starting to like, this is solidarity, right? Especially in the arts world, our photography musicians were all going to have a blackout Tuesday to show on social media that we're it's just a way. Cause we, we feel like you, you know, you don't, nothing counts unless you share it on social media. Cause yeah. that's where you really take a, a stand yeah. socially as yeah. social media. You, you don't exist. You know, yeah, you, yeah, you, you are, you're, if you don't say something on uh, social media, then that's, that's like the platform where all justice happens. Anyways, uh, I just, I feel like maybe I will delete all this stuff, but it's just interesting. <laughs> it's interesting that I, the intentions were right. It's like, yeah, I'm going to stay in solidarity. Yeah. Uh, and then people were like, no, don't do that because it's hindering. And then I put some, I shared something that said, that sharing like, hey, take the, yeah. the, you know, maybe this isn't the right thing. And then I had people reach out to me saying, hey, you shouldn't share this. You shouldn't share the thought about sharing the thought about sharing because that thought about sharing was uh, you're taking away from the beauty of what that actually was. And it's just like you can't win. No. And, and that's where it's like, but I do think. Uh, yeah. And it can be frustrating, especially if you're just entering into the conversation and you want to show solidarity. And then that was your first action to totally. being. Uh, aligning yourself maybe and then all of a sudden now you did something wrong and so you're like oh well then you don't want to share again yeah yeah and because we we feel a need to constantly like what social media has done is 
from that I've seen at least is gives people feels makes people feel the need that they have to say have have an opinion that is dead on the right opinion and the right the thing to say yeah. right now yep. immediately what are your thoughts on it it better be right because you're gonna get canceled but f- my, the problem for me is I need to say things out sometimes I need to say things out loud and have two or three conversations to know that I disagree with myself yeah like so oh, the first thing that comes so and I so I feel like I'm just not seeing a lot of things that are invoking you know I'm I have a lot to learn right now. There's so much of like, here are my thoughts, and this is why things are the way the opinions are, and it's, I and really is bugging the hell out of me when it's coming from, yeah, white friends, yeah, who are just like, it just nonstop, not asking questions, yeah, because um, I think what it comes down for me is, is this, in all things, creating, sharing, conversation, so because social media at its best is a conversation, yeah, it's a way to in to connect with people and share your thoughts and hear the thoughts of others and learn and interact yep. at its best. At its worst, it is just a megaphone for you just to unload and get in arguments. And I feel, for me, it comes down to, and maybe this ties in with the whole photos thing as we wrap up here. It ties into, it, is this photo, is this post, is this going to inspire curiosity or thought or questions about myself and life and humanity or is this just one more thing that's making it seem like i'm just want to present to the world that i'm i have it all together i'm a cool photographer yeah i'm a cool human because i this is this these are my stance and everybody that screw everybody that doesn't agree with me i just feel like like this photo we're looking at right here in this room looking at this picture makes me so it brings up so many questions mm-hmm. of this guy that's dan- jumping around and dancing. Like this invokes like a sense of wonder to me. And it, uh, I think the best art makes me get introspective and it makes me question my own humanity and my own relationship with people. And I yeah. feel like the photographs of everything that's been going on, the pictures, the conversation, the posts, whatever it is that have meant the most to me are ones that make me, have more questions than answers. Yeah. If that makes That's sense. That's cool. Yeah. And so I, for me, at least with the whole photos thing, it just is making me think, okay, what is this? Like, what is the point? You yeah. said that may ago. Like what, like you're pulling your photo right here. Like, is it taking you out of the moment? Do you need to take a selfie in front of this mural right now? Yeah. Could you take a just photo of the mural so you can remember it? Yeah. Or share it with people that aren't here to see it? Yeah. Then t- I just think then questioning our own intentions instead yep. of trying to police everyone else's. I absolutely might yeah, be the, the policing of <laughs> uh, maybe that's not the right term, but we do go around and kind of judge people based off of what they're, you know, but we don't understand fully their intentions. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think the greatest thing we can do for ourselves is in our circles, ask questions and like in our tribes, you know, our uh, significant others like talk about those things. I think my wife has taught me more about, um, you know, racism and, um, you know, being a privileged white person than any social media posts or anything. Uh, Those little conversations is where we've, you know, I've been a jagged rock and slowly as we kind of bump into each other, we're, you know, and have disagreements about things and 
whether it be protests or riots or whatever, we slowly kind of refine our thoughts and hopefully we come to, uh, you know, see our viewpoints or, or see the injustice or, um, cause I haven't had a great or hundred percent good filter, you know, and I think it's through other people's filters and other people's viewpoints that can refine us through empathy and yes. all that, that we can have a better lens to view the world. But, Oh dude, I love that. I mean, so, I, but if we're just spitting out what we think all the time, yeah, man, they're the, it's such a jaded lens and viewpoint because it's just based off of our own experiences. But when we can talk and, and converse and hear other people and especially our, you know, uh, black and brown brothers and sisters and what they're going through, if we're not doing that, we're already off on a bad Yes. Foot, right? Totally. um, Yeah, so it's, man. And and so, yeah, as a photographer during this time frame. Yeah. I mean, it's, for me, it's meant, I think there are people that are called to tell the story, black or white. But for me, it's been kind of putting the camera down a little bit and and looking and seeing and hearing. and I've wanted to go out and capture more, and but at the same time, I'm like, why am I doing that? What's the, is it? What's my purpose? And uh, you know, as a white person with a black daughter, you know, for me, it's to be listening and hearing, and how can I be a better person, father, to. I mean, white, my white kids or my black daughter, you know what I mean? Like, yes, I have all these questions in my mind and sometimes it just means be quiet, listen, like <laughs> just take it in. Um, cause I know I'm not going to be, and when I'm asked to speak to share, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I have so much in my head right now, Oh man, yeah. you know, of, all the conversations that I've had and I'm sure you, you being, you know, being that you've shared stories and did the live thing and maybe the comments that you've gotten, man, I can't even imagine what you've. Yeah. Even that has been probably a wonderful filter for you to like dive into. Yeah. Um, and has developed your like thoughts and 100%. And it's it this questioning. I think for me, what really impacts me, uh, about what you're were saying with this is at the core of it, the core of this whole curiosity thing to me is the acknowledgement. It's a, it's a dance, right? It's like a balance between on one hand, acknowledging that the way my filter and the way I view the world is not the same as everybody. My existence is not the same as the ex- same existence as somebody else. Uh, acknowledging that and having some inner compulsion or drive to want to learn what those other viewpoints from other people are and what does what is what does life look like from behind your eyes or what has your experience led you down and so for me that is so that's like this one huge part of it but then at the same time on your and on the other hand embracing the fact that these this is the only pass through life i have and i'm not gonna apologize you don't you don't have to 
be apologetic of who you are and your life experiences and the fact that you haven't experienced things that other people have. You don't have to deny your own humanity and your own human experience to at the same time still embrace the fact that that's not everybody's and you should make room for other voices and entertain other thoughts and not be like the baselines of me walking into a studio holding on to my ideas and thoughts maybe putting in your head as many ideas and thoughts and uh, filters as possible from other people and seeing what that turns into in life wow what i don't know this is a master at work right here because you were able to take all of our conversation from oh art my gosh to oh. and, yes yes I'm so nervous right now yeah. <laughs> no but that was incredible because i love that you like we like as an artist we need to learn from the greats yes take in all that information that forms our opinions yeah. but at the same time even with culture right now we need to listen to the voices take those filter yeah. them form our you know like get those opinions based off of not even our experiences but other people's experiences yes. and you know like totally at the at the to core be a good it, human yes you have to do that yes. like at the i think with at the core of it and that you it sounds through this whole conversation that you've seen the core of it i think is a fear that if i open myself to other if i make mental space in my mind and my thoughts for someone else's experience, it means I have to deny part of mine. And instead of realizing the more I can let in and like genuinely open myself to other people and new experiences in a safe way where you're not going to get shamed, you can say, Hey, in a safe environment, this is what I've experienced. Tell me where yours is different. And the more you can do that, it actually like as you bring in different photographic styles from different photo- photographers, it. it makes you yes. a better photographer yep. instead of like pushing down your artistic yeah. voice. It, it adds to it. Yeah. And I feel if people realize that we would have this in, that's what I'm trying to do with this whole curiosity thing is like, if you could just show that by doing that, it just, it, your own humanity just grows into being more fully yourself. Can't, I mean, don't you just want everyone to be a professional human? Like, <laughs> right. like professional, that the, the fact that you start with a learning process, you start with yes. learning from others. Yeah. And, and, but there are so many amateur humans out there. I mean, we're, we're uh, that's so good. We're, yes. we're, we're surrounded by them oh, and, yes. you know, and they just spout what they're thinking or what, uh, some, one shot that they saw and they just take it way out of context and they just <sighs> spread malice or hate yes because of something and they're not professional humans they're amateurs that are just spreading lies like <laughs> so we just and at the at, at, at its worst lies and for me at least my perspective my and at its best a very shallow one-sided viewpoint totally. you're missing out on a, a depth of thought that could come from that you could entertain in your in yourself yeah that if you if you let some other things in dude Great. i love i, I, I love this. where this has gone oh me too <laughs> dude thank you for being willing to spend so much time here because you're heading out like tomorrow right to the boundary tomorrow waters. yeah uh thank you for hanging out with me this, this has is been so s- meaningful to me yes 
This is Rob with just a quick note before you head off into your week. I just wanted to say a huge thank you, a massive thank you to any of you that have rated, commented, or subscribed to this podcast on iTunes. Also, thank you to those of you that have reached out to me and shared your stories of how these interviews or some of these conversations have impacted you, have inspired you. Man, that has been so awesome to hear. If you have a story you'd like to share with me, head over to thecuriouspod.com slash contact, and I'd love to hear your stories or any just questions you may have for me. Hey, while you're over there, if you want to check out show notes for this or any of the other interviews I've done or contact info for this guest or any of the others, head over to thecuriouspod.com for any of that. And also, I'm really pumped about this. We have a map right there on the front of the website that shows all the locations that these interviews and conversations have taken place. If you've heard something you like and you want to go check it out for yourself, that's right there. Or you can just check it out at thecuriouspod.com slash map or just right there on the front of the website. I'll show. I'll show. (laughs) Also, if you want to reach out to me on social media or follow me anywhere, pretty much everything online is the Rob Morgan at the Rob Morgan, whatever you, you, you know the drill. All right. Enough of that nonsense. All this podcasting has made me thirsty. You know, (laughs) I am so pumped that I do not have to deal with sponsors for this podcast or else I'd have to tell you podcasting makes me thirsty and nothing quenches a podcast thirst, whether you're listening, uh, interviewing, editing, recording, listening to something unrelated to a podcast, nothing quenches a thirst like a Guinness. Hey, Hofi, can I steal you for a second? Do you have anything you want to say about Guinness? I'd like to take a minute to thank Guinness because it truly is made of more. That's all. That's it, thanks. <laughs> uh, I love that crap. All right, have a great week. See you next Tuesday. Anything else? Thanks for being here. <laughs> I got nothing. Say the most random thing you can think of. No. Yell it. I got nothing. The only word I can think of is formaldehyde. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect.